everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of We Effed Up. I am Teresa. I'm Cody. And we are here once again on our bi-weekly journey to go over all of the instances in history where we effed up. What are we talking about this week, Cody? Is it bi-weekly or semi-weekly? Um, they both mean the same thing. Actually, semi-weekly means more than once a week. Okay. I was that bi-weekly meant twice a week? Nope. Oh. It's every two weeks. Well, I'm starting this episode off on a great foot. <laughs> Did you mess up? <laughs> Cody whipped up. <laughs> Welcome to my everyday life. <laughs> okay, so the definition of bi-weekly is appearing or taking place every two weeks or twice a week. <laughs> so That is both. stupid. It's like flammable and inflammable. That is so dumb. Flammable and inflammable. All right, all right okay, all right. Soapbox moment. All of the English language people... I don't know, like Oxford English Dictionary, MLA, whatever, whoever, call like a council or something, like an official council. Oh, maybe the queen can run it. It's Queen's English. And they can freaking pick one. All right? None of this meaning two different things, bullcrap. Just just pick one. All okay. Right? Get well, off my soapbox. Yeah. All right. I think, um, the, I think it's the quickest in a, into an episode I've got on my soapbox. I think so. Yeah. All right. Where were we? Uh, what are we talking about this week? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, as I said last week, uh, episode XXIV, because we're talking about Romans. Dang. Yes. Romans again. I, I don't love, know. Something about Romans is pretty cool. I love Romans. They're <laughs> awesome. Um, what, so, what exactly about Rome makes it awesome, Cody? In uh, ten words or less. Gladiators. That's it. No, I can't. I can't summarize it down to ten words. I just like, <laughs> okay. I just, I just I just like Roman history. All right. What's the best thing about Rome? C- Cody says gladiators. No, no it's it, it's just a very interesting span of time to study. But um, but anyway um. Within that span of time, we're talking about the uh, 3rd century, which I think the last Roman episode we talked about was in the late 4th century. Okay. Adrianople, it prevailed. Yes, it was about 100, a little over 100 years before that. All right, nice. So. Lot, set, lots so, of things can happen in yeah. 100 years in Rome. Okay, set the scene. Oh, we're setting the scene. Yes. So. After experiencing a period of relative stability for most of the second century, uh, what was called the Pax Romana, or the Roman Peace, Mm -hmm. um, the Roman Empire began to experience a slow decline by the beginning of the third century. Uh, The nature of the Roman government began to shift away from political to militaristic, as emperors began to rely less on the Senate and more on the army as a base of support. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's easier. Yeah. Those dudes, you're paying those guys. Bigger army diplomacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the period known as the Crisis of the 3rd Century began when the last emperor from the Severan dynasty, Alexander, was assassinated by his troops in 235 and replaced by the general Maximinus Thrax. Dang, Thrax is such a cool name. Oh, yeah. That means he's uh, from Thrace. He's Thracian. Yes, I, I know. I, I, I don't... Well, the listeners may not have known. I know that. 
Cody's always assuming that I don't know anything about Thrace. And guess what? I know very little about Thrace. I didn't say you didn't know. I'm (laughs) saying the listeners might not know. I'm trying to educate the listeners, okay? Mm -hmm. By way of also... You need to to, to cool your jets over there, hotshot. Max... You say Maximinus? Yes. Maximinus Like Maxi minus Thrax. Dang. Yeah. How do you know it's not Maximinus? Who's the who, who? Who's lecturing who here? Are you? Do you feel like you're lecturing me? I, I'm informing you. This is a podcast, not a lecture series, sir. Uh, but considering the way that you pronounce other Roman words with that "inus" uh, suffix, could be Maximinus. Possibly. Well. Did you Google it? No, I didn't, because I, I, I've heard this name said before, so <laughs> okay. numerous times, so, and they always say Maximinus. Okay, alright. So, pipe down over there. Okay. Uh, the Senate, however, refused to accept a commoner as the emperor, because Maximinus was from a lesser family. Go back to your pores. Yeah, and so they put forward their own claimants to the throne, and this just kicks off the crisis. Um, over the next 35 years, a total of 20 men would take the throne, an average of a new emperor every 21 months. Oh my gosh. Over the, for comparison, over the previous 262 years, there had been 27 emperors, an average of one every 9.7 years. Wow. So, uh, over the course of time, the emperor had a very low, uh, lifespan. Yes. Because uh, I'm assuming that these were probably overthrown or like yeah, a lot killed. of a lot of them die or coup like coup after coup after coup, or they die of plague or what have you. Like it's just like just a bloodbath at the top. Fun, <clears throat> fun times. Yeah, uh, this instability would be uh, problematic in the best of times, uh, and it was certainly not the best of times because <laughs> uh, this happened at a confluence of a whole lot of things. Uh, Germanic tribes, such as the Carpians, the Goths, uh, who we talked about before, the Alamanni, and the Vandals, took advantage of internal strife to raid ter- uh, Roman territory. Yeah, duh. That's, like, that's classic. Yes. I mean, the Romans did that <laughs> to, like, destabilized countries and yeah, places. Now, now the shoe was on the now the sandals on the other foot. Oh, boy. Uh, an outbreak of plague... Possibly smallpox ravaged the empire in the 250s. Oh no! Uh, climate change led to further Germanic migration into Roman territory. Uh oh. So, like, some of these coastal lands are, you know, uh, kind of washing away into the sea, or the rivers aren't flowing the, the uh, in the path that they used to, or like it's various things that happen with climate change. Uh, so it's, it inevitably leads people to move. Yeah. Uh, and so all of this also led to an economic crisis. So, like, all these things. Um, Emperor Valerian was captured in battle against the Sassanids in 260. I think we talked about that. Uh, no, maybe. I think um, we touched on it. Yeah, uh, and if you follow the Totalis Rankium course of events, was eventually turned into a hat stand. Um, oh, did we? Maybe we think... listened to that episode of Totalis Rankium. Possibly. And... Uh, shout out to them. Hilarious podcast. Yes. If you haven't listened to it, it's hysterical. Yes. And what are their other podcasts? Uh, they have one on Roman emperors and one on American presidents. 
What's the American president's one? It's also called Tattoos Rank. I'm just American presidents. Oh, (laughs) okay. All right. Um, Anyway, the uh, continuing disintegration of central authority culminated in several provinces breaking away from the empire. So Gaul, Britannia, and Hispania, which is basically just modern-day France, England, and Spain, and Portugal, uh, broke away to form the Gallic Empire in 260, led by the general Posthumus. <laughs> is that where we get posthumously? No, it's, I mean, it's spelled different, but it's P-O-S-T-U-M-U-S. There's not really much ambiguousness on how that's pronounced. Ambiguousness? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that, that, I, I said that. Uh, Syria, Palestine, and Egypt broke away to form the Palmyrene Empire in 267, led by Queen Zenobia. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and she is, she, she'll pop up again, but Queen Zenobia, very interesting character. Um, look at, if you want to learn more about her, just go, go research that. Um, very, very interesting character for this time. I want to know more about her. Let me go read about her. Okay. Um, but that's how it's kind of looking. Um, so okay, just, so the Gallic Empire is basically France, Germany, France, and England. Low Countries, England. Uh, it included Spain for a little while, but it, it's not on this map. But like it, it included Spain for a little bit, and okay. then the Palmyrene Empire over here. So like the Roman Empire is literally breaking apart. Oh no, they're divided. Yes, Spain is basically like off on its own. Yeah. Um, the Goths attempted an invasion of Greece. Uh, but were defeated at the Battle of Nasus in 268 by Emperor Claudius II, who's mm-hmm. also called Claudius Gothicus. Ooh. Um, Can I get the last name Gothicus? I really feel like I need a petition to get my last name to be Thrax or Gothicus. Go, I mean, go for it. Uh, Teresa to, Thrax. You have to have a good reason, and like oh, it's a whole thing. Um, a cavalry commander at Nasus was a general, a uh, very talented general, Aurelian. Oh, yeah. I know Aurelian. Yes. I've heard the name. Yes, because I said it last time. <laughs> I think I heard it before then, but yes. Aurelian, uh, definitely a get-things-done emperor. Um, but uh, he was born he wasn't, in... pla- he wasn't plagued by the plague or, like, He wasn't plagued stuff. by the plague. <laughs> anyway, Aurelian, he was born in September 214, somewhere uh, in the western part of modern-day Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Uh, he was possibly the son of tenant farmers. Okay. So, like, people who worked the land but were yeah. tenants on it. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, worked for somebody else's land. Sharecroppers. Uh, but he was believed to have joined the army in 235. So, like, the year the crisis starts, he joins the army. Mm, okay. He's about 21 years old. Like you do. Yeah. Fight uh, for your country. Yeah. God and, and country. And one thing about the crisis, it did, like, the, the amount, sheer amount of turmoil a lot of death a lot of opportunity to move up quickly yeah yeah always um so he rose steadily through the ranks exhibiting his competence in military matters uh so and claudius uh claudius ii here claudius gothicus he um he made a really in his cavalry commander he's like kind of like his right hand man nice okay yeah so uh, like you you're not crazy all right come and fight for me yes you're competent Wow, you you actually make sense. Yes. But don't get smarter than me. Because exactly. I'm the smartest. No. Uh, Claudius fought campaigns against the Alamanni and the Gothic Empire. Or, uh, not Gothic Empire. Gallic Empire. Um, oh my gosh, Cody. What a rookie move. Confusing Gallic and Gothic. 
rookie. Shoot me. <laughs> um, he re- and uh, he reclaimed Hispania, so Spain's back in the empire. Uh, before he died of plague in early 270. Oh, no, the plague, it strikes yes. again. Uh, the brother of Claudius II, Quintilus, claimed the throne, but barely lasted a few months before dying. Dang. So at that point, Aurelian seized the throne, backed by his troops. Okay. So. Wow. Um, it's actually <laughs> kind of it's kind of unclear entirely the succession after Claudius. Because uh-huh. Quintilus declared himself emperor, was backed by the Senate. Aurelian also declared himself emperor, and he's backed by the army. But everything kind of cleared itself up because Quintilus died. Right. They don't really know if it, they aren't really completely sure if he killed himself or um, died of plague, both Jeez. of which are equally plausible. Wow. Uh, so, but point being, Aurelian now in charge. So Aurelian, son of ten of farmers, now. Has risen up the ranks and now is emperor. Yes. And it's a rags to riches story. It and just he has got you. stuff to do. He has a to-do list. He has a checklist. Wow. Of things to fix. Can he write? Yeah. Okay. Um, Presumably so. But... So he's check- checking the boxes. Oh, yeah. He checks some boxes. It's really, truly, He fills out some forms. It's an inspiration. It just goes to show... Yep. To all the little kids out there listening, which hopefully there aren't that many, because I don't know if this is child appropriate. You can. We do don't have what- an explicit tag on this. You can do whatever you want. You just have to wait until a plague strikes your country. There's a, a economic crisis, a war, and you have to cleverly raise up the ranks mm-hmm. and wait for your commanding officer, aka the emperor, to die so that you can take his place. Yep, you need just. Society just needs to collapse for you. That's all. That's all. And then you you just have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Exactly. Which Aurelian did. Yep. Uh, (laughs) That was sarcasm. So when Aurelian came to power in May 370, there are two breakaway states: invasions from Germanic tribes, economic turmoil, and social unrest. In late 270, Aurelian campaigned against and defeated the Vandals, the the Juthungi, dang, and the Sarmatians. What are the Jathungi and the Samartians? Another more Germanic tribes. Wow. Yeah. Man, I don't know anything about Germany the prior sin- to World War One. That's this is just blowing my mind right now. They speak German there. <sighs> okay. They didn't then. No. Not what not as we know it. No. English is a Germanic language though. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um the Senate for this bestowed him the title Germanicus Maximus. Okay. All right. Uh, foreseeing that Rome itself would be vulnerable to invasion from the north, he ordered the construction of the Aurelian Walls, parts of which still stand to this day. Where? Can, in Rome. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So, like, it, it, because Rome at this, like, there never really been a need to build, like, really strong defensive walls mm-hmm. around Rome, at least for the last few centuries, because it's like, who's gonna fight us? But now who, it's who like... is going to come in to Rome itself and fight? I mean, come on, it's not going to happen. He's like, you know, what? it might happen. Let's build some big, strong walls. Why not? We got bricks. Yeah. We got a mortar. We so, got people that need work. Yeah. Let's make Rome well, beautiful. Yeah, again. they're going to put people to work. Yeah, um, it's like a Green New Deal. It also incorporated like like it tried to like cut corners like as often as it could. So it would like sometimes incorporate existing structures. <laughs> so like there's this weird very steep angled like pyramid just a smack dab in the middle of a section of the wall 
because it was like a is the tomb of some just rich Roman dude from like a few centuries before who was really into Egypt. So he wanted his tomb to look like a pyramid. I mean, we still do that today with obelisks, yeah. so I'm somehow not surprised. Yeah, so like, and he's just like, all right, incorporate that in the wall. <laughs> so just to save that bit, so. So Aurelian's basically like the uh, FDR. He's got like the New Deal going. He's putting people to work. He's feeding them. I never thought of it. He kind of is a Roman FDR. Or FDR is a American Aurelian. Uh, yeah, FDR came way later, so yeah. yeah. FDR's probably an American Aurelian, but... yeah. So Aurelian is there, and he's getting stuff done. He's putting people to work. People are happy. Yeah. They're getting fed. They're getting money. They yeah. got a purpose again. I'm not done yet. Oh, boy. I'm just saying that this was the happy days. Oh, there's still happy days to come. I'm not done with the happy days. Oh, okay. Uh, So Aurelian, he orders the construction of these walls. I, he doesn't actually live to see the completion. Like Aww. It takes many, many years. But yeah. he orders it. And... How long did the Great Wall of China take to build? I mean, it was built in parts over centuries. So. Yeah, see. Uh, he led a campaign against the Goths over the Danube, uh, uh, earning earning himself the title Gothicus Maximus. Okay, well, can he just have all of them? Like Germanicus, Gothicus, He's, Maximus? Oh, I'm not done. <laughs> oh, is he going to have like 20 names? I'm not done. Okay. Strategic, he uh, strategically abandoned the province of Dacia. It was on like the far side of the Danube. Okay. Um, so, like, on the face of it, it seems like, oh, well, Rome lost territory. He must be terrible. Well, it was actually better because it sh- it shortened the supply lines. They didn't have to cross the Danube to supply this province. Uh-huh. It made the Danube frontier much more defensible against all these Germanic tribes that are invading. Uh-huh. Because they would have to cross the river to get to Roman territory. Right. So, it, so it was actually, like, strategically, like, a better move. Yeah. Um, and those people are like, we didn't want to be a part anyways. Leave yeah. us alone. So. Let us raise our he's goats. protected Rome itself by ordering walls. Check. He has pacified all the Germanic tribes along the Rhine and the Danube frontiers. Check. He turned, now turns his attention to Queen Zenobia and the Palmyrene Empire in 272. Uh-oh. Uh, He's either about to try and murder her or try and marry well, her. Well, as I realize, I always forget to show you the pictures of these people. There's a coin of Aurelian. Wow, he looks so much different than all the other coins. <laughs> I know. I yeah. I appreciate that you showed a visual aid, but they all look very similar. Like, that could have been Caesar. Like, you could tell me, yeah. oh, yeah, that's Caesar, and I'd be like, uh-huh. That's an image of Queen Zenobia. Okay. Uh, and Palmyra, which was... It's called the Palmyrene Empire. Its capital was Palmyra, which is in modern-day Syria. Okay. Uh, there's the ruins of it. Okay. Um, and it Are may have sound fam- hmm? Are those camels? Yeah. <gasps> camels. Um, it may sound familiar to some people uh, because when ISIS went into that territory, they started destroying a bunch of the um, historical sites around Palmyra because it was not because it was against their um their view of islam that did not allow for other um gods yeah or other images of like like that kind of, like veneration oh, yeah. of everything like they, so they started destroying all those historic structures but yeah like it like their interpretation of islam was like it, it's not you know an islamic structure or does not bring glory to god so they're like oh well it must be destroyed or whatever so oh. Well, but, that's a bummer. Yeah, it was really stupid. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we've, uh, we as in pretty much the entire world have always gone in and destroyed the valuable and historic. Yes, word of advice. Don't do that. Yeah. In the future, in, you know, 4,000 years when people are pouring over the podcast archives and like, wow, this is weird. uh, Let us be the ones to say that destroying other people's uh, cultural and historical artifacts is. uh, Yeah. I feel Not like we cool, bro. I feel like we've for the most part gotten better with it, but there's still like it still happens. Yeah, we also still have history museums full of stolen artifacts from other countries that we refuse yes. to return, so it's Although I think I think I saw recently the British Museum is returning the Benin bronzes tonight to Ghana or Nigeria. I think so. That's good. Um Yeah. But anyway, um still a ways to go yeah so aurelian marches towards the palmyrian empire quickly tears through anatolia which modern turkey uh reaching palmyra itself within six months Uh uh-oh uh zenobia attempted to flee to the sassanids Uh uh-oh but was captured and forced to take part in aurelian's triumph in rome oh no that's Uh, and that's the reason why cleopatra killed herself right yeah she didn't want to be part of it she'd want to be Shown off as a trophy. Wow. Um, but Zenobia's ultimate fate is unknown. Aw, sorry, yeah. Zenobia. Um, so, but, like, Aurelian, like, uh, he was initially very generous. Like, he offered very generous terms to the Palmyrenes. Um, didn't sack the city. Like, all right, just, just acknowledge me as emperor. Promise not to revolt again. You know, maybe I'll kill a few, few leaders, but no mass slaughter and pillage. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, for an emperor of that time, like, those are pretty good terms. So he heads back to Rome, and Palmyra revolts again. No! And he turns around and is like, well, you had your chance. I tried to do the thing. And he raises it to the ground. Oh, no. For reclaiming the eastern provinces, the Senate gave Aurelian the titles Parthicus Maximus (laughs) and Restitutor Orientis. Or Restorer of the East. Boy. Alright. Yeah. So, Palmyrian Empire. Check. What's left? Hmm. Gallic Empire. Let's go take care of that. So, in 274, Aurelian turned his attention to the other breakaway steak. Steak. <laughs> breakaway. Are you hungry? I am. Breakaway steaks. Hmm. <laughs> Let's go get some breakaway steaks, guys. <laughs> yeah, you just snap them off. <laughs> snap them off the, the cow. Oh, um, boy. The other breakaway state, the Gallic Empire. The campaign was largely anticlimactic. The mm-hmm. Gallic Emperor Tetricus, he submitted to Aurelian after making a show of losing in a battle. Basically, he was just like, I want to just give up, but I really shouldn't just look like I'm just giving up like a wimp. So I'm going to make a show of losing this battle to you. <laughs> it's yeah. like that recent episode of What We Do in the Shadows with, yeah. uh, with Guillermo and... Nandor, where that's like Guillermo could probably definitely kill him, but they gotta give, oh, give yeah, yeah, the yeah. people a show. Yeah. yeah, so so like this this Gallic Emperor's like, I'm not gonna beat this guy. He pretty I I like to think we're not seeing the in Gladiator, speaking of Rums. Yeah, seeing Gladiator where I think Maximus is chained up to a dude. I think it's like maybe their first fight in the Colosseum. He's chained up to a dude and 
I can't remember if it was animals or, like, other fighters are coming out. And the duties changed to, like, wets himself. Like, you see the, like, the oh, yeah, yeah, trickle yeah. of pee yeah. rundowns. Like, I like to think that that's kind of like this guy, Tetricus. He sees Aurelian's <laughs> army coming and he's just like, oh. And just, just, Aid looks over and he sees a little puddle of pee just running down his leg. Oh, yeah. No, I, de- <laughs> I definitely think that there's probably a lot of, like, peeing happening. Yes. They were, they were drinking so much more alcohol. Like, I can't imagine that their bladders were better. So, Gallic Empire, check. Check. Back in the Empire. And Damn. upon returning to Rome, Aurelian was granted the title Restitutor Orbis, or Restorer of the World. Which is an awesome title to have. So, every, every time he gets a new name, I imagine his head grew just a little bit bigger. And by the time he gets back home, they're like, we're going to have to fit you for a new helmet. You cannot fit your helmet on your gigantic, massive helmet. Yeah, at this anymore. point, his full name is like Imperator Marcus Aurelius Aurelianus Divi Fili Augustus uh, Germanicus Maximus Gothicus Maximus Parthicus Maximus Restitutor or, uh, Orientus Restitutor Orbis. <laughs> That's like, like his not, full name. They're not like. <laughs> But this is like why uh, is it a, a knight that gets OBE after their name? Uh, well, no. Uh, That's anybody who's ordered British Empire, right? Yeah, they don't. Uh, that doesn't. That itself does not confer knighthood. But if you're just like you can just be made a knight without being a part of a like a chivalric order or anything like that. Okay, but doesn't the queen sometimes? Because it's just Queen Elizabeth, but sometimes like you can put HM right in front of her name, Her Majesty the Queen. Right. Yeah. This is why we created stuff like this, where you could just put letters after somebody's name. Oh, because yeah, like, nobody like, was wants to write all this down. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, like the like the ordinal numbers or whatever. Yeah. Um, like if you're a member like a royal society or like you have some sort of on the Privy Council or Companion of Honor or what have you, it's like. Yeah, like, so some of them are, like, it's, like, they have half the letters in the alphabet after the name. It's, yeah. like, it's ridiculous. But it's better than having 30 names. Honestly, it's, like, it's, it's a real power move to be, like, no. Say my name. All of it. <laughs> and, and nobody's got time for that now. They'd be, like, uh... Oh, I'm the emperor. You make time for me. We have email now, Cody, so I'll just <laughs> copy-paste that crap. <laughs> you can't really do it. You can't really copy-paste in this time, so... <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but still more to do. Uh-oh. Does he, he have re- any kids at this point? Has he got a wife? He has one. Uh, he's married and has a daughter. Oh, okay. Unimportant. Um, but he's, but he's like, yeah, he's in his early 60s at this point. Oh. So, he's like, know, they're not I, having any more kids. I am retired. Yeah. Uh, he could definitely still have kids. Well, I mean. His he wife sta- Like, not. he stays married to his wife. Oh, okay. So he doesn't. So, but anyway. Uh, he reformed the coinage in order to stabilize the economy. Okay. So, economy, check. So he decides, I am I'm going to have a crack at religion. Oh, boy. Is this where he F's up? No. Wow. No, this dude, no. I'm F-ing surprised. up is not in this guy's vocabulary. He does not know how to F up. Oh, okay. He's not the F-er upper of this episode. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay. Yeah. All right, so, so Aurelian is just, like, all around good dude, doing all the he, things. Yeah. Checking well, the boxes. Like, like I said, the you know, last week... Definitely subscribes to the Elvis Presley school of taking care of business. TCB, yes. Augustus. That, or uh, Aurelian, I'm sorry, not Augustus. Uh, that should be the letters after his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Aurelian, more. comma, TCB. Oh, d- definitely. 
Um, so he promoted the religious cult of Sol Invictus, oh. which is the unconquered sun. Yeah. Uh, the origins of this cult are disputed. It was either an original Roman god or a Roman adaptation of a Syrian sun god. Because mm, Romans okay. like to of course. adapt uh, they the stole... gods of other pantheons into their own. Oh, yeah, they stole everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sol Invictus, he was placed on par with the traditional Roman deities like Jupiter and mm-hmm. Apollo and Minerva. Um, with extensive priesthoods and temples. Okay. Now, this is the interesting part. None of this has been interesting so far. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, this I is just an thought... interesting part. Okay. <laughs> the festival date of Sol Invictus was December 25th. Oh, yeah. That's that's where I've heard the term then before. There is speculation that Christianity may have adopted the festival date of Sol Invictus as the date of Christ's birth. Or that Aurelian decided on December 25th as the festival date in order to blunt the rising influence of Christians. Uh, that makes sense. Because if you have the state festival date for mm-hmm. this deity, or the birthday of the person being worshipped by this at the time, like, minor sect, but, like, the you know, rising sect uh-huh. of, essentially, Judaism. Yeah. Um, you, like, can, you can kind of, like, co-opt them. It's oh, like, yeah. yeah. It's and, like, you, like, we're giving you the day off because it's Sol Invictus Day. Yeah. And then they're like, the Christians are like, but well, Jesus was well, born well, today. Plus, the feast days, is like, you have to make sacrifices. Oh, well, yeah. So. Yep. So, very, very uh, pagan-esque yes, worship. or festival days, I guess. Not feast days, but... Um, Aurelian also promoted the worship of Sol Invictus exclusively. It was kind of like a sort of like quasi monotheism. Okay. Like like he was fine with the other Roman gods, but like he was like all about Sol Invictus. Um which so it, it's like whether it was influenced by Christianity or the influences of it on Christianity, it's, like, kind of unclear. There's, like, lots of speculation about it. Because this is still very early Christianity. Like, sure, stuff yeah. hasn't necessarily been worked out yet. Okay. So, it, it, it's just very interesting, the correlations between the two. Uh-huh. So, I figured I should just mention that. So, sure. he's working on a religion. Check. Um, he made reforms to the food dole to the poor. Wow. Uh, Because, like, since the the Roman Republic days, uh, the poorest of Rome would be given a grain dole by the state. Uh Uh-huh. Because that's how you pacify the masses. Right, exactly. one way to do it. The other way is games. Hungry people revolt. Like, literally, food and games. Right, right. Um, Yeah, hungry people will revolt if they are not pacified. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so... Make sure to give the poor the food, the, their little bit of food they need, and they'll be fine. Uh, he made a reform to it. He replaced grain with bread. He replaced grain with bread. Okay, so they don't have to go through the work. Yes. And he added salt, pork, and olive oil to the dole. Dang, you could live off that. Yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. that but then the rich people in Rome are like, Boo, we don't even have olive oil. Look at them eating pork and salt like they're rich. No, I'm just kidding. I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, as they shove like an entire thing of grapes in their mouth. <laughs> so. so so he's pacified the poor. He's, yes. he's made them, them less better. likely to revolt. Right. Check. Mm-hmm. So he's thinking, hmm, I don't have anything else on the checklist. 
I've completed I, my my lifetime checklist. I need something to do. <laughs> so going into 275, Aurelian plans a campaign against the Sassanid Iranians. Oh, no. Because he just is not, he can't be satisfied. Yeah. He's like, yeah, the, the, you know, Valerian, he lost to him. That's never really been a bitch. Because eagle standards were like a big thing. Okay. Like like the like each legion had its own like eagle standard. Uh-huh. It was like stayed with the legion, like passed down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. The capture of an eagle standard was like considered like one of the worst like stains on Roman honor that could possibly happen. Oh wow! So they would do like whatever they could to get those eagle standards back, and the okay. Sassanids still had oh. some of the eagle standards from when Valerian lost from like fifteen years before. Wow! So like. Let's go get those back. This is very important. So, so, so maybe not, not not like a campaign of like full-on conquest of Iran. But they're like, we're about to go play, but, <laughs> capture like, the flag. Kind of, yeah. But so it's like, only been 15 years? Since Valerian lost, yeah. Wow. In 260. I mean, the crisis at this point has been going on for 40 years. How old is Aurelian at this point? Uh, He's about 61. Man. This dude, like, he can't sit still. No. He can't just sit and bask in the glory of his empire. No. Just chill. But he, he maybe, like, beat up the Sassans a little bit. Let's get those Eagle standards back. You know, maybe they may pay us some tribute, so, you know. Pay me some tribute. Yeah. Now, throughout his reign, Aurelian had been a tough taskmaster. Yeah. You can't uh, accomplish all the things that he accomplished without yeah. being a taskmaster. Uh Likely expecting it, like his level of competence from his subordinates, which mm. is really unrealistic. Yeah. Because he was a n- genius. He was like a tactical. Nobody genius. else is that competent. Yeah. Like j- nobody. Yeah. So, uh, whenever when anyone failed him, punishment Uh-oh. could be severe. Uh oh. So this is where we enter our actual effort up. We we're just now getting the effort upper of this episode. Oh, boy. Uh, it's kind of like um, our episode on... Episode. Episode. I can't talk. It's okay. I can't speak. Kind of like our episode on Pothinus. Do you remember that one? Uh, I remember Egyptian name. Cleopatra, Caesar, yeah, yeah. Pompey. Yep, yep, that yep, one. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. The he kind of He kind of like pops in and out. Yeah. Kind of like this. That's how, that's how this is. Eros just goes in, yep. breaks his leg really quick. He's like, oh, man, that sucks. And then he bounces out. Yep. I'm just kidding. So on the way to Iran, a secretary named Eros committed some minor error. Uh-oh. And this is kind of a first in our series. We don't actually know how he effed up. Okay. Like, like really, we don't even... Like, Eros, that is from one source. That's the only source we have of, like, this guy's name. Okay. He was, like, such a minor, just, civil servant. <laughs> Wow. But he committed some minor error. This some a, some minor F up. <laughs> yeah. So, fearing retribution, Eros forged a list of high-ranking generals that Aurelian planned to have executed. What? And then Eros presented this forged list to the generals. No! Who panicked and assassinated Aurelian in September 275. <gasps> oh my god. So, he was like, Oh God! I spelled his name wrong on on the sheet here on this letter. Oh, he's gonna be so mad at me. 
Oh, this oh, is what like, do I do? What do? Oh, I have an idea. This is seriously the plot to so many sitcoms from the '90s. Like at least one episode oh, yeah. where like one of the kids messes up, so they either like tell a lie, yep, a bigger lie to like distract from their lie or whatever. There's an episode of The Office where they do that, where Michael like spreads a bunch of lies, so you don't know which one is real. Like it, a whole thing, and this is just it's hilarious because it's so human it's like, like it's like it's like urkel messes something up for officer winslow yes he he gets he, he gets all the winslow children together he's like you know i messed up and you know and then they kill officer winslow and they kill officer winslow <laughs> this is like a very dark retelling of urkel yeah, <laughs> of family, yeah, matters. Yeah, family matters yeah uh, quality, i don't know why quality show yeah um yeah never seen it are you kidding me? You've never seen Family Matters? No, I've never seen Family Matters. I spent a large nice. amount of my childhood without cable. And we had, like, my grandma took care of me a lot when I was younger. So we watched court TV all the time. So I watched a lot of the O.J. Simpson trial. But I missed Family Matters. I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu. I got so much stuff to watch. Okay, Cody. this goes to the top of your list. No. No, this goes to the top of your list. You got nine seasons to get through, okay? No, and nine good. seasons of quality entertainment. Also never watched Fresh Prince, so yeah. Really you're just gonna discard Fresh Prince? It's not as good as Family Matters. Okay. Well, okay. that's an uninducated and uninformed opinion. It's, it's... The amount, of, the amount of old TV I've watched, it is a quality opinion. <laughs> okay. Family Matters, watch it. All right. Okay. So, the generals, they quickly discovered their error, and they killed Eros. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Two wrongs don't make a right, guys. You've already <laughs> killed the dude. So they're like, wow, this guy gossiped. I'm going to murder him, too. <laughs> so now all these generals they have a quandary because they just killed a very popular very competent emperor <laughs> so if any of them claim it like you know like any of the numerable you know generals who have taken the throne over the last 40 years if any of them claim it everyone is going to assume that that guy killed Aurelian <laughs> and that guy is going to like he'll get re- like they'll probably have more revolts break out across the empire. It's like, well, we don't want to serve that guy. He killed Aurelian. The troops, his own troops would probably revolt. So none of the generals wanted to claim the throne for themselves. <laughs> so they decide on a novel idea. Let's, nope. ask, let's ask the Senate. <laughs> the Senate was like, well, we don't want to name an emperor because everybody will think we plotted, we're the ones who plotted against Aurelian. So, like, the Senate and the generals... Play like, it's like a game of hot potato for like a few months. <laughs> uh, like you do. Yeah, so, because Aurelian, he had no sons, uh, and he left no instructions. because of these, <laughs> Well, he, yeah, he wasn't expecting to get He wasn't expecting to die. Yeah. So the succession was unclear. And, and this was at a time when it's like you didn't really, like, unless you, like, if you had no sons, you didn't really name an heir mm-hmm. if you were the emperor, because then it's like... Well, all your opposition is going to be like going to that guy, whispering sure. in his ear, be like, "Hey, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I, th- I think, I think you should be emperor." But eventually, 
they land on a guy. They, they come to an arrangement. So Tacitus, a leading Roman senator, was elected by the Senate and approved by the army in December 275. So several months have passed with no emperor. <laughs> and and the all of the generals are like, whew, yeah, wiping their brow. They're like, man, okay. Tacitus, he would turn out to be the last emperor chosen by the Senate. <laughs> the Senate never again chooses an emperor. They're like, this is a mistake. <laughs> We have to. Well, it's more just like the army's just complete control, or uh, and like or emperors are just like you are pointless. They're they're, I mean, really at this point, there isn't any purpose to the senate. Uh, like they they're completely toothless. So that's like they're just kind of written out of the equation at this point. Uh, that's um, there is speculation that Ulpia Severina, Aurelian's wife, ruled the empire herself in the interim between Aurelian's death and the election of Tacitus. Nice, okay. So, it's not confirmed because, like, there's some some numismatic evidence that, um... Some what? Numismatic evidence. Um, mm-hmm. study of coins. Um... So there's some evidence based off of the study of coins. Okay. Yeah, based on coinage from these few months that she may have ruled in her own stead. Okay. So, but it's not confirmed. Because, like, again, the sources at this time are, like, they're shaky. Um... Aurelian was deified by the Senate after Tacitus became emperor. The Senate would sometimes deify an emperor, like a, just like literally like make him a god in the Roman Roman pantheon. Retro. Um. So like Aurelian literally worshipped as a god by the Romans at this point. <laughs> um. The crisis of the third century would continue for another decade, uh, coming to an end after the rise of Diocletian and the institution of his reforms. Uh, the cult of Sol Invictus continued until at least the 5th century. So. Wow. Yeah, so, like, it it, it definitely presents, like, a lot of what-ifs. Like, if Aurelian had gone to war against the Sassanids, or, you know, had actually gone to war with the Sassanids, beaten them, like, what would he have gotten from that? How would that have changed, you know, the eastern part of the empire? Um mm-hmm. What would happen if he like he could have he could have lived another ten years? Sure, yeah. Um, Eros would have gone on to create a lot of at work drama. Yes, that didn't involve murdering emperors or yeah, generals yeah, or anybody. <laughs> um, so like you know, maybe he does decide on an heir who is like you know, like and so a lot of times you see this like if they don't have a direct son, they would name they would, him right. Possibly. Yeah, they would like adopt right. So, like, you see that, like, like a lot during the second century. Right. Um, Caesar and... Uh, so, you see, like, like, like Trajan adopted Hadrian. Hadrian adopted Antoninus Pius. Antoninus Pius adopted Marcus Aurelius. So, like, you used to have, like, they would just adopt the most capable person. Yeah. To do it. It's almost like you don't even want to have a son because it'd probably be better to adopt, to have somebody, like, adopted yeah. that you knew well, was going to work also out. Also, in, in those cases, it's not like, you know, they didn't try. They just didn't oh, have yeah. any sons. yeah, no. Like, the, then, <laughs> the the first father-to-son succession after that was Mark Aurelius to Commodus. Oh, yeah. Whoops. So, not exactly. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. were like, look, you can't have any more boys. <laughs> yeah. Well, Marcus Aurelius was in a pickle with that one because he saw Commodus was probably going to be a monster but he's like like he had like I think something like 10 children and only two of them survived this to adulthood so he was like 
you're, I, I, I either have to give the Empire to Commodus or I have to kill him. Because I can't just name somebody else and have him left alive because he would serve as a point of opposition to whoever I appointed. So, cause civil war. So, yeah. Dang. Okay. Yeah, so, kind of a pickle with that one. But that's neither here nor there, nor related to what we're talking about. Um, but also, like, I think the most interesting aspect of it is how would the cult of Sol Invictus had continued with the level of patronage it received from Aurelian. Oh, yeah. And how, how would that have affected Christianity? Exactly. I think that that is probably the most interesting aspect of it. Wow. Um, okay. Even if, like, the like the Empire was, like, on its way out of the crisis, it wasn't out of it yet fully. Mm-hmm. Um, he may have been the one to bring it out of it fully. Right. Um, it's certainly, certainly damn close. He was trying, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's getting there. But, like, you know, the, uh, how, like, does the cult of Sol Invictus become a full-blown religion later on? I mean, it survives for a couple hundred more years. Um, so, like, like, does it, like, what happens with it? Wow. I, I think that that is probably the most interesting aspect of it. Yeah, for um, sure. Because, I mean, that would have affected, really, world religion altogether if Christianity had not risen as meteorically yeah. as it did. I mean, I, you know, and I could be wrong. It may be one of those things where it didn't, it wouldn't have lasted long after its after his death. It's, you know, yeah. it may, because, like, you, I mean, you see that in ancient Egypt with, <clears throat> with Akhenaten. He uh-huh. tried to, again, monotheistic worship of a sun god. Right. Try to make that the thing, and after he died, well, not right after he died, but after, you know, not too many years after his death, that was entirely abandoned, and they just went back to the way it was. Um, Stop trying to make Sol Invictus a thing. It's not a thing. Yeah, sun gods, quit doing it. Um, um, so, yeah, so that is Eros and the assassination of Aurelian. Um, sources I used for this. Rome and its Empire, AD 193 to 284, by Olivia Hexter from 2008. Stephen Hyman's The Soul, the Sun, and the Art and Religions of Rome from 2009. Graydon Snyder's Ante Pachem, Archaeological Evidence of Church Life Before Constantine from 2003. Pat Southern, The Roman Empire from Severus to Constantine from 2001. Isn't it Severus? Severus, Severus. Oh, okay. Severus Snape. Severus Snape. Snape. Yeah, Emperor Severus Snape. Um, Alaric Watson, Aurelian in the 3rd century from 1999, and John White, Restorer of the World, the Roman Emperor Aurelian from 2015. Awesome. Okay, um, what are we talking about uh, next time on episode 25, Cody? Next time, we're doing something a little bit different. Talking about something that Prior to my researching the episode, I had no clue about. Ooh. This was our first recommendation from somebody. <gasps> oh my goodness, wow. A recommendation from uh, the lovely co-host of your other podcast. Oh, Juliet. Yes. <gasps> Juliet made a suggestion. Yes, I'd asked her for some uh, music history stuff. Well, uh, she would back. be the one. Yeah, because, you know. Music history is history, so I figured it's yeah. probably time we talked about it a little bit, and not as 
like sharing an episode with baseball history. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're talking about a mistake that let that helped lead to the invention of dub music. Oh, okay. Which I had no idea what that was. I had to have that explained to me. Okay. Because because listeners, th- I mean this this may come as a surprise to some of you or none of you. I might be the least musically inclined person you will ever have known of. <laughs> it's okay. I, I like I I like the few bands I like, and that's it. Yeah, his. I his don't mu- know his, much outside of them. His musical taste kind of ends at about like nineteen ninety. Yeah, the early nineties. Yep. Like okay. I may know like there may be a few random things since then, but by and large, I know nothing about music. I have no musical taste. <laughs> None. Oh, boy. All right. It's like, yeah, Queen, Elton John, Weird Al, Billy Joel, Tom Jones, a few others, and that's it. He has more of a varied taste. He's just summari- summarizing his favorites, but yeah. which is fine. But, yeah, so, like, I, yeah, this needed to be explained to me because I was just, I'm still researching it right now. It's taking me a little bit longer because, like I said, I know nothing about it. All right. Well, pretty so, cool. Yeah. So this is uh, this is going to be as new to me as it is uh, maybe not to you, but and some of our listeners. But you know, new experiences. You know. So. Yay. And history. It's like there's always something new to learn. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about next time. For the next few weeks leading up to our one-year anniversary, we'll be running a poll on our Twitter account for you, the listeners, to have your say about who the biggest effort-upper was from our first year. How it works is like this. We've randomly seated our 26 effort-uppers into a tournament-style single elimination bracket. Cody and I will discuss each matchup and decide who we want to win the matchup. This is where you come in. Before the polls close on October 25th, just comment on our Twitter account with your top three effort-uppers. They don't have to be ranked or anything like that. Just name three that you liked or were entertained by or that you think had the biggest impact. Cody and I will take those votes, add them to our own, and determine the winner of each matchup. If we disagree on a winner and there's a tie, we'll coin flip to determine the outcome. So get your votes in by October the 25th so we can be included in the tally, which you'll hear on a special episode on November 2nd. We'll give a shout out to everyone who voted, so be sure to comment with your eye for uppers. Please be sure to check out our other projects, The Drunken Pawn, where we play board games and drink on YouTube, Uh, Attack of the Final Girls, my sister podcast project with my lovely pod wife, Juliet, where we talk about horror movies. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WeEffedUp, no spaces. Be sure to rate and review us wherever you listen. Until next time, I'm Teresa. I'm Cody. And this is We We Effed Up. Up.